Welcome into the Hangout in the Holy Land, everybody. The official podcast of LandGrantHolyLand.com. Go to SoundCloud.com slash LandGrantHolyLand or find the podcast on Apple Podcasts by searching the Hangout in the Holy Land. We dropped a couple of episodes this week and it's not going to stop anytime soon. We got a lot of content for you guys. Earlier in the week, we broke down tight end Jeremy Ruckert's commitment to Ohio State in the class of 2018 and dropped the first part of our 2017 opponent preview series, previewing Indiana. And this episode is going to be the second installment of that series. If there's anything you guys would like from these series, please don't hesitate to drop us a line on Twitter at LandGrant33 or let me know on Twitter at DubsCo, that's D-U-B-S-C-O, and tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, what we can do to make all of these podcasts better. Any feedback is appreciated. But like I said, this is our second installment of the 2017 Opponent Preview Series podcast we're doing here, and went a little bit out of order for this one, but I think you'll enjoy it all of the same. In the third week of the season this year, Ohio State is going to be playing their first service academy since taking on Navy in the season opener in 2014. When the Army Black Knights come to Columbus to take on Ohio State a week after the Buckeyes play Oklahoma in that big showdown, which we will have a preview for next week here on the podcast. So to preview Army season and everything that they are bringing to Ohio State in that week three matchup, I am joined by the Army beat writer for the Times, Harold Record, and the writer of the Army Football Insider blog at Hudson Valley Media, Sal Interdonato. Sal, how are you doing today? And thanks for joining the show. I'm doing great. Thanks, Colton. So Army is a, a program that I think nobody really talks about that often. They have been bad for so long that they've kind of fallen to the wayside, especially when teams like Air Force have been consistent and then another service academy that gets all of the love recently, Navy, who's been so good. That all changed last year. Army goes 8-5, and goes to its first bowl since 2010, wins its bowl, and gets its first win over Navy in a long period of time. Before we get into the 2017 season, looking back on last year, if you had to pinpoint one thing about the program, what do you think allowed them to have such a good season last year? Uh, the defense. I mean, the defense was fished a uh, year fourth in total defense in the nation. You know, they really kept Army in a lot of games. I mean, you look at some of the games that they played, even the Navy game. I mean, they just had a, had a really great start and just finished strong on D. And I think the defense really carried them. Um, they lost their two senior linebackers who were three-year starters, Andrew King and Jeremy Tim. But they return a lot of those guys back this year. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe top five maybe is asking a lot for two years in a row, but they should be pretty good on defense again this year. Head coach Jeff Monken heads into his fourth season at Army. And what has he been able to do with the program that maybe other Army coaches haven't been able to do? And then what stands out about the way he runs that program? Yeah, I think this team has just has a different attitude under Munkin. He's a fiery coach, and they, they, it actually he's turned these players into believers, believing that they can win, believing that they can compete on the field. And this team plays a lot harder than teams in the past have under previous coaches. You know, Army football teams, they were always known for maybe being a little undersized, but fighting to the last whistle. And before Munkin came on, that wasn't necessarily um, the case. But now you take 
still his third year, but they really got results because they really play hard. They really play to the end. They fight, and that's been his big um, – he's changed the mentality of this program and this team. They just believe that when they go on the field, they're going to give their opponent everything they have and play into the fourth quarter with a chance to win. Do you think that this is the most excitement there's been around the program ever, maybe at least in the modern era? Uh, I'm not, it, It's hard to gauge. I mean, I've been on the beat since 2007, and when they won uh, the Armed Forces Bowl in 2010, there was a lot of excitement around the program. Um, that was a senior class that had Josh McNary, who's playing for the Jaguars right now, and had a really good defense led by Steven Anderson and Mike Gann. There was a lot of excitement around that, the program then, and then they really had a, a, in another, another losing season to follow. So um, uh, there is a buzz. I was at an alumni function on Friday talking to a couple of the older grads, and there is an excitement around the program. Um, they really want to see what's next. They're excited to see what's next. They want this team to take the next step. They don't want to just remain status quo. They want to take the next step. And that's the, for um, Army, it's the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, um, which is the uh, round robin with Air Force and Navy. Army hasn't won that since 1990. So. One of the things it seems that people always ask about when it comes to service academies, and we've seen this lately, is Air Force has been pretty consistent. Navy, of course, has been very good as of late under Ken Nui Matalolo. But Army has kind of lagged behind. Are there certain restrictions with Army that there aren't with Air Force and Navy? And what has changed under Monk? And it, if you could give a little insight as to why maybe Navy and Air Force have been more consistent as of late than Army. I think if you look at Navy and Air Force in the past few years, you look at how they're able to keep their, uh, their players in the program, and they usually have some pretty experienced teams that are very senior-heavy. Um, you look at Air Force last year when they beat Army at Mikey Stadium, they started 11 seniors on defense, you know, and that defense was able to read the Army's triple option and, and do a great job in slowing Army's running game down. I think that that's really what Army needs to get to. Um, last year's senior class had about 16, 17 guys who played. This year's senior class for Army has around the same number. I think you really have to keep the guys in your program and keep on um, coaching them up and getting them better. And then when they get to their senior year, you know, you, you have the leadership there. Army's a leadership academy, so normally that's not – I'm talking about just more experience on the field and veteran kind of leadership on the football field, not in the, you know, the academy ranks. And, you know, when Munkin got there, they really changed things up in the summer. They used to do their um, – military training kind of right in the middle of the summer so guys were coming off military training and a couple days later were going right to preseason practice they don't do that anymore now the um military trainings in june they get that done and then they have summer school and during summer school these guys are in the weight room lifting and act instead of losing weight which they were doing in military training they're actually able to get stronger in the summer and prepare for the So getting into 2017, in these previews, I usually ask about the strengths of a particular team's offense, but with Army, that's pretty obvious. With the option and the run game, Army brings back its quarterback, Ahmad Bradshaw, its leading fullback, five of its top six slot backs from last season, and eight of ten linemen that played. So is it even possible that they can improve in the run game after they were so good there last year and what do you think makes that run game so good i think absolutely they're going to be better this year and i think one reason why is the quarterback ahmad bradshaw i mean he kind of came into his own last season and 
if you look at the Navy game and you look at the bowl game against North Texas, the heart of Dallas Bowl, he um, was able to engineer some game-winning drives in the fourth quarter, something that an Army team really hadn't done much in the past. And he really put his stamp that he was the leader on the offense. And you look at, from what I've heard in the offseason and now in the summer, he's gotten stronger. He played about one nine, almost 200 pounds last year. He's about 210 this year and really has gotten a lot stronger in the weight room. And I think that he's going to be, he just today was um, named on the Johnny United uh, watch list, and it's well-deserved. I mean, last year we weren't certain if he was even going to be the starting quarterback in preseason. Him and Chris Carter were supposed to have a battle, and now this is definitely his team. And you look at the fullbacks. I mean, Andy Davidson and Darnell Wolfel, one-two punch. They're juniors. They still have two more years left in this offense, which is really scary. And Davidson played uh, was a linebacker his freshman year, and just uh, first game of the season last year against Temple had a really you know, breakout game and just kept it going throughout. I think the key to Army's offense is the offensive line, and you know these guys are back. I mean, these four of the five starters are back. The only one missing was who graduated was Justin Gilbert. He was a fifth-year guy, and actually Josh Boylan, who was their backup center last year, started late in the season for Gilbert anyway, and he's back. So basically, they almost had their whole line intact and when you're running triple option and all these guys are veteran guys it guys go across the board there's one junior and the rest are seniors i believe and you know that's that's going to be the key for them this year one of the things that makes any triple option offense so deadly is the threat of the explosive pass and bradshaw and his wide receivers were able to connect on some deep plays last season but they struggled with some overall efficiency when it came to the passing game and the thing that's made Navy's offense so dangerous, other than the ability to run that triple option, is that they've been able to put together a relatively efficient passing offense over the years. So it's not like a service academy can't do that. And what has been the read on Bradshaw in the passing game in the spring? And do you think that that's the biggest question mark for this offense is being able to at least put together a relatively efficient attack through the air? Pretty much the last couple of years, they've had that deep threat in Edgar Poe, and he's uh, you know he he was a senior last year, so he's he's moved on, and um, they were looking for that guy this year in the spring especially, and his brother Christian Poe, they were looking for him to step up, and um, Christian is no longer with the team; he's left the academy. He's going to be a junior, so now they're kind of still searching for that guy, and. Um, you know, their other starting wide receiver, Jeff Ajekum, is a physical guy. He can go up and get the ball. Can he get downfield? That's a question that they're going to, you know, have to work on in uh, the preseason. So that is one of the things. I mean, with Army, they'll run the ball 70 times a game and throw maybe four. So, um, you know, they're looking for that guy. They have a couple younger guys. Glenn Coates is a possibility. Um, uh, K.J. Klein is another guy. They're both sophomores. They're looking for those guys to step up in the preseason. Earlier, you mentioned the emergence of the defense being a big reason for Army's eight-win season last year. What was the strength of the defense last year, and what do you think the strength will be this season? You know what? They really were able to just contain the run very well last year. The defensive line played very well. They're not necessarily undersized like they used to be in the past. I mean, Army um, defensive linemen sometimes used to go, they would play a guy in the nose at 240 pounds. They don't do that anymore. They really got some really solid play up front from John Voigt and Andrew McLean. Those guys are back this year. Voigt's a senior captain. He's a three-year starter. McLean really got his first chance to play last year, his junior year. He was banged up his first two years, and he's just a solid guy in the middle. 
And, you know, Alex Aukerman, haven't talked about him. He had a breakout junior year. They moved him around a lot. He played outside linebacker. He played defensive end. Sometimes he lined up under center, and he re- really created havoc in the backfield. Um, the pass defense was a little bit up and down. They had the tragedy of losing Brandon Jackson, their starting cornerback, in a car accident after the second game last year. So they went with two freshman corners most of the way down the stretch, and uh, those guys are back. Elijah Riley and Jalen McClinton have a lot of talent. Who's going to replace Andrew King and Jeremy Tint is the real question uh, for them in the spring and in the preseason. Yeah, I wanted to get into that. Their two leading tacklers, linebackers Jeremy Tint and Andrew King, both had over 10 tackles for loss last season with King accounting for five sacks. Is this the biggest question mark for the defense? And who are some of the names that Army is looking at to replace those guys? And how do you think that they'll fare in 2017 at linebacker? Yeah, when that defense last year and, the, and ever since uh, Munkin's staff has got on board, King and Tim were the starters at the inside linebacker spot. And the defense was really drawn up for them to succeed. You know, the guys replacement, Scott Washley's a senior. You know, talking to defensive coordinator Jay Bateman last year, Washley was behind two three-year starters and, and was good enough to start. Bateman was comfortable with him starting if he had to. And uh, Washley played, you know, here and there and made some plays, actually. I remember him having an interception last year, just being kind of thrown into the game. And the other guy on the inside for them is James Nautigal. He's a junior. Um, he played on the outside. He was a third down, like, pass rush specialist last year. Had a couple of sacks last year, and it's pretty athletic. So those two guys are the leading guys on the inside. They also have a couple sophomores, Ryan Parker, who was originally had a preferred walk-on offer at Notre Dame and uh, went to Army, and Cole Christensen. He's just a big, tall, athletic linebacker on the inside. Those are two sophomores that could um, compete for that job. And I think another question mark for Army is at at the corner position because Marcus Hyatt, one of their starters last year has been recovering from, he had a neurological disorder that he was in a hospital in a coma for a while. And he just recently, uh, within the last few weeks, got released from a rehab center. They're not sure. I think he, he will come back at some point, but I'm not sure if he'll be ready at the start of the season. So they got to really um, see what they're going to do opposite Elijah Riley at corner. One of the things that stood out to me reading Bill Connolly's preview of Army heading into this year was how bad they were on special teams. They ranked dead last in special teams S&P+. Was there any extra emphasis this spring on special teams after how bad they were last season in basically all areas? Well, to be honest with you, Colton, they spent a lot of time on special teams in practice during game week. They spent five periods of a day on special teams, so... It was just a matter of it, just not it, – a lot of things went wrong on special teams last year. Uh, they may, only made half of their field goals. Some extra points went awry. Um, the punting was just – the punting's been inconsistent for a while. And, you know, when you have to go to a junior wide receiver last year to punt for you, that's when you know times are really rough. And Jermaine Adams probably might have been their best punter last year, and he's a wide receiver. He punted at the prep school. You know, so um, they're bringing, they're trying to recruit as many kickers, as many punters to the program as possible and trying to fix that up. It's just that it will, it's a wait and see approach. They've had, they had a walk-on tryout game week of their 11th game. They had a walk-on tryout for kicking and punting. 
that's how bad it was last year. So, and they brought in a couple guys. One kid had kicked on their sprint football team, which is a lightweight football team. And I asked Coach Munkin during the Navy game and the before the Navy game and the bowl game, and he just wasn't ready to put his name's John Abercrombie. He's pretty accurate from short distances, and they really. You're not trying to kick 50 yards and field goals at Army. You know, I mean, you, you, you just put some points on the board, take possession, uh, take some time off the clock, and, you know, play some good defense, too. They have the offense. It should be fine. So, we'll see. I mean, they have a kid coming in from Illinois, Shaw McNulty, who looks good on his Twitter videos and stuff like that. He, but do you have a guy rushing it? Is the snap going to be perfect? And you know what? The snaps were inconsistent last year, too. Ahmad Bradshaw had to do, he's the holder, and he had to do some amazing saves just to get the ball down sometimes. So it was just the whole special teams unit just not functioning right most of the time. They'll, they'll put an emphasis on it in, in, in the preseason, no doubt. Which, it makes it even more amazing that Army was able to go 8-5 and five because usually you see teams that are on the come-up that you know, get good defensive play like Army did, that are able to run the ball and control the clock, and then are able to flip field position. And they weren't able to really do that with their special teams last year. And so do you think that that's worth at least a win or two for them if they're not even able to get good special teams, just bad special teams play next season? Yeah, you know what? Last year they started the season off 3-0, then went to Buffalo, lost in overtime, and they missed a field goal late in the fourth quarter like on around 30 yards, and then they missed a, a field goal in overtime, like a little over 40, but that was coming from Blake Wilson, who's now a senior, and those were his first kicks of his college career because Mitch Howard, their kicker who was a senior last year, got hurt trying to make a tackle on the opening kickoff. So, you know, um, it just there was no luck there. I think that, yeah, field position is important, and they've showed some – Times where they can, um, you know, their punters can down the ball inside the opponent's ten-yard line. That's going to be key for them because again, they want to they want to take time off the clock on the offense and they want to get off the field on defense. And their defense is good enough to get them right off the field this year. So I, the schedule's kind of the same. So you look at eight wins last year. We'll see. I, I, I think they, I think they have a chance of winning a few more than that this year. Looking into their week three matchup versus Ohio State in Columbus, it's probably fair to say we all know how at least the general way of that game and how it's going to go, but what do you think a good result for Army would be against Ohio State? Is it just not getting hurt? Is it being able to stay in the game by halftime? What do you think would constitute a good result for them? Yeah, I think making – I was talking to a couple alumni about this uh, last weekend. Uh, just, just being in the game. You know, just making the game in the fourth quarter, be competitive. And if they – Stay away from the turnovers because, you know, triple option offense sometimes during the, you know, the match between the quarterback and the fullback and the pitch plays. If they play perfect with the triple option as far as distributing the ball, they'll be in the game in the fourth quarter, I believe, against Ohio State. That might seem far-fetched, but, again, I think their defense is solid enough. And, you know, I think you're right, injuries. I mean, they can't come out of that game with too many injuries. It's funny, last year they played Notre Dame toward the end of the season, and they had a couple guys banged up, and they went with their second-string quarterback and their their third-string fullback to start against Notre Dame. You can't really do that this early in the season when you're playing, you know, a, a big school like Ohio State. So there's enough depth there at some of their positions where I think they might move some guys in and out just to keep guys fresh and maybe, you know, 
avoid injury the best you can against Ohio State. I think you hit a good point on the turnovers, especially with the mesh on the triple option, because Ohio State fans are well familiar. You look back at their national championship season in 2014, they opened with Navy, and Navy kind of had them on the ropes there for a little bit in that season opener, and a turnover is what changed that game that Ohio State returned a fumble for a touchdown. So I'd like your point there that turnovers, and if Army is able to avoid them, it can definitely be a game, I think, when you head into the second half. Yeah, I mean, Army's schedule, the first two games, is pretty favorable at home games at Fordham and Buffalo. You know, they're definitely going to look for some, quote, revenge against Buffalo after losing in overtime. I have a feeling that they're just going to run over Buffalo in that game. You know, I think that they could be, maybe some of the guys, quote, could be rested, maybe not play, like, full games against Fordham and Buffalo. And, you know, I just look at, that was really the troublesome point of Army before last year, the turnovers. They had so many turnovers in the triple option. You know, the two and ten season, they they played really tight games. They were at Penn State. They lost by six points at Penn State in a in a in a rainstorm. And they just I was talking to guys about uh, grads about that game too. The first possession of the game, the first play, they lost the ball on a snap uh, in, in triple option. So I mean. They, they've showed that they can play with some pretty uh, good teams in the past and, you know, just, just protect the ball. And it, it, it should be a pretty exciting game, I think. Looking at 2017 overall, what do you expect for Army this year? And what do you think a fair expectation is for them coming off an 8-5 and five season in a bowl win? Yeah, I was talking about before. The schedule is kind of the same. I was just looking at some Vegas odds and Really, only three of their 11 uh, FBS opponents are predicted to have winning records. So you look at that, and if they could take care of the home field there, you know, the Ohio State game is a huge game, of course, and Navy's going to be a tough game, and they play Temple. But other than that, I mean, they, the way their program is right now, the game the game that they're going to circle is the game at Air Force. You know, I mean, they got Air Force has had their number in the past. Air Force, it's almost been they, they, those two academies, not like each other at all. Navy and Army, they're kind of a, you know, they respect each other a lot. Air Force and Army do not, there's no love lost there. So that's going to be a big game for them. If, if they, That's the game that they circle because if they can beat Air Force, then they have the chance to win the Commander-in-Chief's trophy, like I said, for the first time since 96. I think that this is the year they can do it. I think they're, I think right now people may, may, may say they're, they're better than Navy on, on paper and they've showed it on the field last year and they bring a ton of those guys back last year. So they're, they're, they're going to be a favorite against Navy for a couple of reasons. And one is Ahmad Bradshaw because Ahmad, I always say the best quarterback in, in, in a triple, in a service academy game, the team with the best quarterback has a really 90, great percent chance of winning. And I, I think that it's really going to, that Air Force um, game might determine if they deem their season successful or not. You know, they got to be Air Force. I think they can win them. at minimum. I think nine games is possible this year, and go to another bowl. I think they're, I think they're, they're, they're that good, and they return that much talent. As great as getting to a, another bowl game is, and you would assume that that is very high atop their list. Do you think the biggest goal for this team, like you said, is winning their first Commander in Chief trophy since 1996? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's you, you talk to grads, and that's. And you even would talk to players, and they really wanted it last year, and they really thought that they had a chance because they had Air Force on their home field. And like I said, Air Force just signed me the triple option. They, it's almost like they knew the, knew the plays before they happened on, on, on some calls. And um, 
maybe it was a little bit too predictable for Army on offense. But um, yeah, they're they definitely that that's that's it for them. You know, I mean, yeah, they would like to have a respectable performance at Ohio State, no doubt. And some Army fans think they can pull the upset at Ohio State. I'm like, not so fast. You know, but uh, but let, 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 let's see how that game transpires. But I, you know, I think that this is um this is the year they they can take the next step, no doubt, and be. I'm not going to say a ranked team, but they're going to be one of the better um the non-power five schools. They can have a chance to be one of the better non-power five schools in 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 the country this year. I'm not sure I want to be around the Ohio State Twitter sphere if they lose to Army in Week Three. But if you want to keep up with anything Army and their pursuit of their first Commander-in-Chief's trophy since 1996 and their quest to get to back-to-back bowl games, be sure to follow Sal Interdonato on Twitter, at Sal Interdonato. Also check out his work for the Times-Herald Record, and check out the Army Football Insider blog at Hudson Valley Media. We'll have a link to Sal's blog up on the blog post for the podcast when we put it up so you can follow everything going on with Army from fall practice into the season and to their Week 3 matchup with Ohio State. Sal, thank you for joining the show and talking about Army football. It's been fun, Colton. Appreciate it. Like I said, as we closed out the interview, I will leave a link up in the post so you can check out Sal's Army Football Insider blog at Hudson Valley Media and make sure to follow him on Twitter at Sal Interdonado. As we wrap up this episode of The Hangout in the Holy Land and the second episode of the 2017 Opponent Preview Series here on the podcast, just want to remind everybody to go to soundcloud.com slash Land to find all of the podcast episodes that we drop there or subscribe on Apple Podcasts by searching The Hangout in the Holy Land. You can find all the old episodes there and leave a comment and review and subscribe to the podcast, most importantly, if you like it. Also, feel free to leave us some feedback on Twitter by tweeting us at LandGrant33 or by sending me a tweet at Dubsco. D-U-B-S-C-O. Your input is always appreciated and helps make this podcast the best that it can be. Be sure to keep an eye on your podcast feed because we have a ton of episodes coming your way over the next week. We'll be recapping the Friday Night Lights event and everything going on with Ohio State recruiting and all the news coming out of that. I'll be sitting down with Matt Brown to talk about his book, that was just released about some of the best what-if questions in college football history. And then we'll have two more opponent preview podcast episodes talking Oklahoma and UNLV to wrap up non-conference play. So a lot of stuff coming your guys' way. Make sure to keep an eye on your podcast feed and hope you guys enjoy all of the new content that we are putting out. Until the next time we talk, though, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. My name is Colton Denning. The spot was good, and go Bucks.